Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You want to start this, Brent, or do you want me to? Go ahead. Okay. What are you going to do? You uh, I, was, I, was try, I was trying to cut you off. I was trying to cut you off. <laughs> oh. I had, and I had an Elliot joke, but I, I bailed. Oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You get, you get one more week off, Elliot, and then, <laughs> and then it's time. Like, we're talking hammer to the nail here. Like, we got oh to go. We got four, six, eight weeks <laughs> of content. So, all right. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. <clears throat> I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. So something really is exciting that's happening in the Biden administration right now. Something that, like, I've been talking about for years, particularly around gay marriage. And it's about survivors' benefits and queer people who, for years, were in relationships before there was marriage equality. And when their partner passed away, because they weren't legally wed in the eyes of the state, they lost on things like social security benefits, on mm -hmm. you know pension plans, on all of these things, just because they weren't recognized by the state. And then this had been passed in the Obama administration, and it was to go into, into effect when the Trump administration blocked it, of mm. course. And cool. the, what was gonna happen was uh, queer couples that were you know, in established relationships, they had had identification <clears throat> that showed that they were in established relationships because of bank accounts, credit cards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they were going to get past benefits for their spouses that had mm. passed away, the social security benefits, et cetera. And the Trump administration stopped it. And now the Biden administration is putting it back into, into um, the process. Is it a bill or an executive order? Well, it, I, I believe it was an executive order um, and the Trump administration, they, the Trump era, the appeals, they, they dismissed the court decision basically that affirmed the rights of surviving same-sex partners to receive spousal benefits. So okay. they basically like slowed the process of getting social security benefits, all the tax, the federal tax benefits that they mm -hmm. could get from that. And there was a twin uh, class action lawsuits that were filed in 2018 uh, Ellie versus Saul and Thornton versus Saul. Mm. And it was Lambda Legal that had made the case for these survivors to get their spouse's benefits. Um, federal mm. judges ruled in favor of the plaintiffs in both cases in 2020, but the Trump administration attempted to appeal the decision delaying the implementation of the process. Okay. 
uh, and the Social Security Administration has been, you know, trained to really look at different factors that were involved in these couples' relationships. So yeah. That, you know, even if they weren't married, they had joint bank accounts, the mortgages, insurance policies, et cetera, all the things that would show an established relationship. And it's really great that these, because even before marriage equality, I was saying we need to work on making it easier for people to get shared, you know, property, shared will, shared, get, mm -hmm. to get these benefits. Like these are the things that we really need to be working towards. And it's great that these, these senior citizens who are now, yeah. you know, they're, they're in their, their post-retirement, but a lot of them have to keep working because yeah. they did not get their spousal benefits. will now is be this, able is to. Is retrogressive? Yes. So it's, it's, if they had an established relationship prior right. to 2013, which is, okay. in, I think it was 13 when marriage mm -hmm. equality went, went into effect because of the Supreme Court decision, um, if they can prove that they were in a relationship and when that relationship started, then they'll be able to get through the process spousal benefits, which is really great. Yeah. yeah. I saw like, I saw, I think they, I think I saw them posted on Biden's Instagram or the White House Instagram. And I was like, wow, that is fantastic. And then I, stupidly looked at the comments oh boy. <laughs> and people, it's just so funny that people are like okay but you know and i'm like okay i mean this is a, this is very oh, cool oh, oh like big... li liberals being annoying you mean or conservatives liberals. calling us faggots oh liberals liberals. Being annoying. what were the liberals yeah. being annoying about um everything they're everything. always being annoying now no what were i don't i, I don't even see what well, they're being like reparate like reparations and oh which again like i i get it but at the same time, part of me just wants to be like, let me enjoy this for a one second. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I, that. I, I mean, we do. Reparations are important as well. They, they yeah, really yeah, yeah. And yeah I, 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 get that too. I yeah, thought you meant gay reparations. I'm like, for Stonewall? No, no, no. Well, like, yeah, you know, one, right, right, one civil right. rights cause shouldn't necessarily have to be a direct relation to another one. Like, we can talk about all these different causes. That I, I, right. Yeah, happen, like, we, that we all get happen. it. We we all get that, and 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 I just I just wanted like a second to bathe in the glow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I want. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if it was tough for President Biden as he was scrolling through the Instagram comments. To read <laughs> some of those. I, I, I mean, I, I will say one of the things that I I thought about a lot, and I remember in New York, I I volunteered for different organizations where, you know, senior citizens, so many queer senior citizens, are just fucked economically yeah. because. They, they didn't get the benefits that we get in our lifetime of, you know, spousal benefits that we can get married or that we can get equal rights to certain pension plans or whatever it is. And, and so, so many senior citizens get into their retirement age and they have to keep working or they become yeah, homeless yeah, or they it's become, it's there's so, and, and queer people, queer senior citizens are often hit harder. And, yeah. and even then when they try to go to retirement homes or to nursing homes, they are barred or sort of outcasted in in the social setting because that population is often it's, more it's conservative not, yeah. Yeah. and they aren't as accepting to queer people who are single and need the assistance yeah. care that sometimes older people do. Yeah, yeah, you know, thankfully, I have a, a couple friends uh, who are queer se senior citizens who I think are you know, fairly financially it, uh, stable. He's on him. <laughs> I host a I host a podcast with these guys, and and I think they're doing all right. You know, they, they have a, a sponsorship with Can. Like they're they'll be fine. If you're gonna be talking about dementia, and you're the only the only musical you can mention is. <laughs> I think maybe you're the one that's reaching the senior citizen age. Oh, man. how dare you? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Not even joking. So we have two 
podcast hosts today mm-hmm. and comedians, a, a double duo or a, a, a duo of dynamic well, duo, yeah. <laughs> dynamic duo. Sure, yeah. <laughs> We've got Babs Gray and Tess Parker on. Hey, uh, hey guys. Oh, so fun. Now, you guys are the hosts of the podcast, Britney's Graham, and then also Toxic. Um, and I guess I'm going to have to plug my show because this all kind of Do happened it. at the same time. This was not, this was not strategic at all, but I'm doing a live show this Friday, which will come out the day after the podcast. It's called mm-hmm. Music Iconique, and it's all about Britney Spears. This edition is all about Britney and you guys are the preeminent experts on it. So it just worked out perfectly Britney. that, what's you, that? They freed Britney, these two. Yeah. These yes. two single-handedly got yeah, Britney really. out Only of that a, mansion. No you, freed no her, you freed her from the mansion to post Instagram videos. I mean, for what it's worth, you guys are literally, I mean, I'm doing my research. I'm getting prepared. This podcast happened to happen at the same time. And I'm doing my research on Britney. And you guys are in the official Wikipedia entry for oh my Britney God. Spears so about, about what happened. It was pretty crazy to realize that we were on her and her wiki. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, that is truly iconic. So I guess we should start by saying you guys are both comedians, but you started this podcast a couple of few years ago, the, uh, Britney's Graham. Can, why don't you tell us about how you got there and, um, and then we'll get to that amazing yeah. life-changing circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, we're comics. We have an, a comedy podcast called Lady to Lady that we've been doing for 10 years this year, which is crazy because we're both, you know, 25. So, um, right. <laughs> but yeah, we, so yeah, we did that forever. And then um, we would just always look at, you know, her Instagram's always been fascinating. It's especially fascinating now, but we had just looked at it as friends being like, what is like, it was so mysterious yeah. to us. And we would just trade her posts back and forth, you know, and um, we just thought like, I don't know, let's just do something really silly and start a podcast that's literally only about her Instagram posts. That was yeah. The yeah. yeah. And I think at first it was almost like, you know, sometimes you just read the onion headline and you don't click the article. It was like, yes. this is such a dumb idea. Like yeah. the idea that we're doing it is even kind of the whole joke. Like it was kind of dumb that we even sat down and recorded it and committed to it. And yeah. it was like the comedy was just supposed to come from us taking this very like what we thought inconsequential thing. <laughs> we were totally wrong, but what we thought was a totally inconsequential thing and just like taking it too seriously. Yeah. Were, um, were you huge Britney fans before that? Or you guys just as friends were like, oh my God, her Instagram. <laughs> I was more than Babs. Like I've always been like Britney to the death. Like that was yeah. my girl. I, I was on the, t- I was, I'm in the TRL generation. Dang. Always loved her. I was always defending her. Yeah. Just always loved, loved, loved her. I lived in uh, West Hollywood at the same time that she was going full Britney. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And I was like a fam. I'm, I'm more, I was more of your everyday Britney fan. Like I loved her, fan. but I didn't know, you know what I mean? I, I yes. wasn't as into her, all of her stuff. So but we were definitely fans of hers. That's the approach we were coming to it from, you know? Yeah. So you're um, like me, you have a couple songs of hers on your iPod Nano, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> more, a lot we more now. Go, we went to the Femme Fatale tour together. Oh. Yes. oh. Yeah. Wow. We did. I, Tess saved me. I, I ate shit really hard at the Staples Center. <laughs> and, <laughs> Tess, and we had this moment where we like locked eyes and she saved me. So we I, did. I have found that there is, for me at least, in my life, going into a gay space, if I want to sort of just kill the space that I'm in, all I need to say is, I'm not that into Britney. 
Like right, I, right. And I never like. Well, not, Alan, you've taken a much more. I know. Be- I don't like Britney. I mean, I don't not like Britney. <laughs> okay. I, I I think Britney should be freed. It's just as an artist, I have never been drawn to anything Britney Spears ever has done. Wow, I'm I shocked. I can't That's even like comprehend this. I know. It's hard I thought for I had me. known. I've known you for a long time. Yes, we have. Like, and I love her. I was so worried. I was so worried because I was like, this is going to end our friendship. But I also mm. know, like, I respect Britney and what, Brit- yeah. what Britney has done with her life and her career. I think it is very, very important. That said, you're never going to make me love stronger. Never. See, I like Babs. I'm a casual fan for the purposes of my live show, which you can watch at DynastyTypewriter.com. Um, <laughs> purchase tickets there to stream it if you're not in L.A. Nameless housewife okay. now. Well, whatever. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a confluence. You know, it's all happening. It's yeah. all together. I'm doing the show. I'm yes, gonna be yes. there too. I'm very Again, excited. it's not. I I'll be you. drinking in the green room. Yeah. I'll be drinking yes. in the green room. I'll be in the audience, uh, far away from Brent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also like Babs as a casual fan and. Um, always, I mean, I've, I've always laughed at Alan's take because I'm because I think it comes more from the idea of, you know, there's like there is inherently to our generation a Britney gay. Yes. And <clears throat> I listened to Guy Branham on your guys podcast and, you know, the way he was talking about how he's not necessarily a Britney gay. He likes a D. I think he said he likes a diva with more dirt or something or like yes. somebody who like Nail, dirt under her nails, or something. <laughs> dirt under her nails, which I totally understand. Um, but I wonder how much did you in- encounter aside from like li- actually living in West Hollywood? How much did you encounter the the gay fandom once the podcast started, went big, and we should also men- we should also uh, talk about the the big event that happened? But before you do that, right. what uh, did you encounter a, a big gay uh, <laughs> w- you know um, uh, welcoming or or an audience yeah. as well? An yeah. audience. Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point in the year 22 of our Lord, we have been balls deep, balls deep in the gay <laughs> fandom of Britney Spears. We are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my, I mean, you know, a lot of the free Britney people are, you know, gay guys. And yeah. so it's, it's a huge, right. obviously a huge portion of her fans. So, yeah, we had a lot of listeners who, you know, we we knew who was were calling into us you know a lot of gay guys were calling in leaving us voicemails and stuff like that so i think they were definitely yeah in on you know the podcast and and stuff like that and kind of part of the community of britney's grand people we can get into like what happened but also like britney gays in particular are just in my opinion some of the funniest people like we have they have such a funny (laughs) point of view about her and about the world and like they're just very witty because britney's funny yeah, Britney is like funny, if Britney's yeah. your girl, you're funny. I do think yeah. we take a different take. So, so when I saw the documentary, the New York Times Hulu documentary mm-hmm. um, on Britney, which you guys were also in, yes, that's and right. I saw some of the protesters, I was like, See, now those are the gays at the bar that I definitely avoid, only because <laughs> they're going to be heckling during the set. They're not going to yeah. be there for any stand-up comic unless you're in drag or you're a woman. And yeah. they're the ones that I'm going to be like, I'm going to let you guys just have your vodka sodas and just be fine. <laughs> yeah, see, you guys can be, you you can definitely sense them as being witty. Um, unfortunately, the three of us sort of, <laughs> like when you said that, I, I had to watch Brent's face specifically because it's just like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we just like, we just don't, there's not much overlap. <laughs> but they don't threaten I mean, you. Not, I think we're just talking about, yeah, the, especially, you know, there's just a lot of in jokes with all yes. the stuff yeah. that we've been through. Sure. Of and course. so the yeah. comedy that comes from that is like very, you know, specific and very funny. But yes, that's not 
Like it's a language that you wouldn't understand unless you yes. were completely immersed in it. But that's yeah. also that's also one of the things that I think is important, you know, as a queer community to understand is that the reason why we subscribe these sort of like devotions to the Bette Midlers, the Barbara Streisands, the whatever, is that they have this sort of chip on their shoulder of something that makes them different. Something is happening to them either societally or like through the community or whatever it is that makes them sort of the underdog in a lot of ways. And Brittany Always. in a yes. lot of ways mm -hmm. is that. She is the yes. ultimate underdog for a generation yes. that I was a part of, of course, but I never really, I was more old school. I was more like, right, right. You know, if like Amy Adams not winning an Oscar, that's my hill to die on. Like, <laughs> That's the podcast. I I'm like that you start. said old school, and then that's what yes, you're. I know, I know. Not like share, but that. Okay. For what movie? For what movie? For any of her movies that she's ever been nominated for, she mm. needs to win. She's been nominated for like six times, and she's never won. Oh, she huh. has so much time, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know she, she does have time. have time. She does have time, but I want it now. I want her to make a movie with Jessica Chastain and Bryce <gasps> Dallas Howard, and I just yeah. need to like. I just want to see and that on the arts, and I can't tell them apart. I mean, I already can't tell them apart. Oh, but yeah. um, okay, so I, we've been teasing it, but please tell us the big moment that changed everything for you guys on your podcast. The thing that truly led to the Free Britney movement and made you a big part of the narrative. Yeah, so we talk about it on our documentary podcast, Toxic, but it was kind of actually kind of in a way a slow burn because after we've been doing Britney's Gram for about a year and a half, I have a background like in journalism. I worked in journalism for several years. Um, and because the function, like the whole idea of the podcast is that we were going to like take Britney and her Instagram too seriously, like we were just spending a lot of time looking at and analyzing Britney Spears life like every week that's what we were doing yeah and so now we know obviously in retrospect there was a lot of crazy stuff going on there and I because we were paying such a close attention we really started to like realize like what is this conservatorship she's in and like why is nobody ever at her house right and these fashion shows are funny but like where is everyone yeah. you know yeah. and so then um I was doing show prep for an episode and I found like a court document of her conservator asking for like this giant raise. Yeah. And so I like, you know, I wasn't getting paid to do it or anything. Like, nothing, the only thing that compelled me was just curiosity. And I woke up one morning and went to one of her hearings and there was like nobody else there. Like nobody oh, else was I paying else. attention. And I saw this guy get this huge raise and I get chills every time I think about this. But like, so I'm there that morning. I see that happen. And I'm like, this is so fucked up. I'm like, yeah. she's not even here. This guy's getting all this money. What the fuck is going on? And as I'm leaving that court hearing, I was pulled aside by this group of people that I now know is like Casey Kasem's daughter. And um, yeah, but Babs, what's the woman from Star Trek? Um, oh, Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols, mm -hmm. her yeah. family friend that advocates for her. And they were like, hey, are you a reporter? And I was like, yeah, I am. And they were like, we have a big story for you. Like, there's this huge problem with conservatorship abuse going on in these courts. And, like, it was oh. the craziest thing that these people just grabbed. And they yeah. subsequently became, like, a huge part of our work in our life. But um, so I left the courthouse and I was texting Babs. I'm like, this is insane. We recorded uh, an episode that day. And that's when we, like, the podcast kind of stopped being about her Instagram. It was like, what is going on with this legal case? So we kind of kept talking about it, talking about it. At that same time, she canceled what was supposed to be a three-year Vegas residency. Mm. And now on the podcast, Babs and I are like, what is going on? We're like yeah. full in. Just like, yeah. it's right. all about court documents. We're like, what the hell is happening? Right. That was that right. big moment in Vegas when they were going to have this massive oh my God. announcement. And then she just never showed, right? No, she, mm -hmm. shows, she showed up. She just didn't. Do, sorry. She, she, I just watched yeah. it today. She shows. She lifts up from the ground after like an hour of 
of like n- nonstop promotion on There's the ground. There's a guy from in- Ellen there just like yes. saying mm-hmm. stuff, like vamping yeah. for an hour. <laughs> and she just shows up and like looks at everybody and then walks to a limo. It makes no sense. <laughs> and I think it's explained in the documentary, but I forget. But it was so fucking weird. And I totally understand why you guys were baffled because it was like something something is clearly amiss, but it's happening to such a public person. And yet it's like just beneath the surface. And you, it, it's so it was so weird. So, yes. yeah, it was yeah. so weird. Yeah, we were we were just like, what is happening? Like, there's something weird going on. But we're like this tiny podcast that we're recruiting in this garage. Like, we were just this tiny fan podcast. Yeah. And we we're like, what the so what do you do with on? that? Like, how do you, how, where do you go with that? Or where so, did you go? So basically we just kept talking about it on the show and you know, this is all happened. It's so weird how it all happened, but this was all late 2018, right? Like when she canceled it and we kept digging in yeah. once she, she canceled it. And then she blamed it on her dad being sick and that she was going to take care of her dad. And we were like, well, you know, I should say her and her Instagram said this. We don't yeah, think that she actually right. wrote this thing, but um, and we we're like, what? Like, she's not close to their dad. What the fuck is this about? And then she disappeared off the face of the earth mm. for months. And we we're like, where the fuck is Brittany? So we just keep talking about podcast, keep going. The news breaks that she's in a mental health facility mm. and that she decided to go there herself and that she's been there for a week. And we're, we get on the podcast and we're like, that doesn't seem accurate. She doesn't, she can't even take care of her own medical decisions. What's going on? Yeah. We get a voicemail from a guy, a whistleblower. And he says, uh, I am a paralegal who worked in an office connected with Britney's conservatorship. You're right. You're onto something. She doesn't want to be there. She's been held there for months. And, you know, I'm here to like, let you guys know there's something messed up going on basically. And we were like, you know, that's the moment that was the big bomb. Um, and what do you do with that information? Like, if because that's that's big. Like, and you know, yeah. and you yeah. can feel that that's big. Especially test you as a reporter. Like, you know, when you get information like that, there's a certain steps you have to take in order to like execute that properly, so that you don't fuck yourselves over in the process. Oh, yes. a thousand percent. And it was terrifying. And it was like kind of made the decision to go rogue and just release it on the podcast because yeah. I knew if I tried to like pitch it to Rolling Stone or something, it would take weeks to get that Greenland. Right. Or they gotta, would and potentially like, bury it. They would right. We, yeah, we felt like a sense of urgency and we took yeah. steps, you know, we talked to lawyers, we, we right. like, you know, we verified the, who the, you know, we kept in contact with the source, verified him, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. We really it. yeah. That's what I fucking love about comedians is that like, you, you know, these things and these steps and you know how to frame a narrative in a way that like then can get people attached to a story that, is both there is a you know pop culture comedy element to it, but also it's a fucking breaking news story. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. and and yeah. having you two do it is my so dad important. knows about it now. My dad knows <laughs> about insane. Britney Spears. <laughs> That's how you know it's it yeah. It was yeah. and it was such a weird feeling because I think we got the voicemail on a Thursday and then we released it on a Monday, and those three or four days were like so trippy because we didn't tell anyone else except really each other or like the people that we were talking to for advice yeah and like i went on a hike with my in-laws and they were like how are your podcasts going and i was like they're good <laughs> <laughs> my comedy podcast has yeah turned into deep throat but it's right not. now that britney is free and like what well, I'll put in air quotes free because I feel like there's a lot of other yeah, barriers well, that she has to go through in order to get yeah. where she needs to be. But now that she's free and you guys have done this amazing work along the way, has she reached out to you guys at all? Like, has you like, has Brittany, does Brittany know of you two? 
Yeah, she knows who we are. I mean, I know she knows who we are. The closest, like, direct contact we had with her was actually the day before Toxic released. She went through our Britney's Gram Instagram feed, found this old random post that we had made, reposted it, and <sighs> tagged us in it. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, we were like, what the fuck? We were so shocked. Yeah, so I don't know. We, we've we never spoken with her. That's the closest we've ever come in contact, quote unquote. Yeah. So. When, when there's one of your episodes where um, I think it's the maybe the last, yeah, it's the last one of Britney's Graham before you transition to Toxic, this another podcast. But you guys sound so fried in your intro. Like you sound so <laughs> rattled. <laughs> and oh my I, God. And I'm curious, like it sounded like you went... For- I, I don't know. It sounds like you guys went through some form of some form we went of hell. And I'm curious what hell. You know, what, hell. If, if you don't mind me asking, like what what there's happened? A few, there's a few variety. <laughs> it's kind of like a wine. There's a few mm-hmm. varietal. You know, it's um, <laughs> multi layered. It sounds but, terrifying or traumatic or well, something. Well, I mean, I think just yeah. straight off the bat, it was so basically we released the voicemail in um, April 2019, mm-hmm. and it went viral immediately and. It, it just, you know, it became, started becoming this worldwide thing. Right. And we were extremely overwhelmed right away. You know, yeah. it was, yeah. it was like, I mean, for to, to varying degrees for like two straight years, like a lot of our lives would be like waking up to like interview requests from CNN or. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Or like DMs from people being like, I have information. And then they would have information or they would just be like. Britney has a boyfriend and you're like, okay. Yeah. Right, right. Now, <laughs> right. What if, did you guys get like blowback? Did you get like hate mail from people for whatever yes. surreal yes. reason? Yeah. That's I mean, why you, that's why I thought you sounded exhausted. I was like, were there people who were. Yes. There was a faction inside of free Britney who didn't like us, who would attack us constantly. What? Mm, why? So you know how everything that well, is good also has of course that, yeah, those people. yeah. Sure. that's why for some reason they're out there, there and so that. we were getting constantly attacked people were making up rumors about us starting conspiracy theories about us saying we were working with her father and their team oh yes that's right jamie yeah. said jamie said that uh, he wrote you jamie her father and conservator yes. wrote you off and said that free britney was all conspiracy theorists Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. But people said that we were working with that. I don't know. Oh my so God. there was that. Yeah, factor. we got pizza gated. Yeah. We got pizza gated. <laughs> also, like, I mean, honestly, I think for me, one of the, mo- the, the most torturous levels of the hell was like for a very long part of it, like prior to Britney speaking out in court, really, like the New York Times did a lot to kind of legitimize what was going on. But like, it was this weird thing of like, we were talking to people close to her and close to her situation. We knew a lot of things that we couldn't publicly disclose to people. Yeah. We knew a lot of really disturbing specific details that, like, the rest of the world didn't know. And we couldn't really, like, we didn't have the podcast out yet, so we didn't have, like, a place to talk about it. And then it was just, like, this fear of, like, oh, my – it was honestly just worry about Britney. I mean, it was, like, like, she's in a really, really scary situation, and we're doing everything we can. Like, all we can really do is try to, like – make this story understandable to people and digestible to people, but we can't yeah. really control what happens to her. And it's dark what's going on. Yeah, did you, you know what I mean? From, yeah. The conservatorship at all, like Jamie Spears. And I know what he said, but well, like, we know any legal now. Action? So, so we should say that, yeah, there was different like points in this. So, you know, so we released our voicemail, but people still kind of weren't taking it seriously. And that was also part of the problem was we had information, but anything we were putting out there, people were just, only free Britney people were taking it seriously. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we, at the same time, started to figure out how to put our information out in a way that would be taken seriously. 
And then the New York Times was making their thing. Mm -hmm. So they put out a documentary about exactly a year ago, you know, and that really made it mainstream and made people be like, oh, we believe this now. And then they made a second documentary, actually, that I recommend everyone also watch where they talked about. It's yeah, it's very good. And they talked about how they were surveilling people in Free Britney. So we know that her team was surveilling us and others. So when you guys were going to like Vons and stuff, they were following you. (laughs) (laughs) They were at least coming. Yeah. They have in the New York Times documentary footage that they obtained from the security team of Babs and I, like them (gasps) taping us from across the street. Oh, oh my god, god. That is so cool that is actually <laughs> i was gonna say that that is like brent's oh. dream years ago years ago years ago i did a like a like a jean benet ramsey thing and i was like this close to being like i'm gonna testify a trial for like something that their father <laughs> that the father you, sued. i love that you say a, a jean benet ramsey thing. well no because i, I did a podcast and then we were connected to the cbs thing i know was, like, i know but i love it. i was like I'm am saying. i going to court because of jean benet ramsey <laughs> Andy, I'm definitely not as important as you guys at all. I want someone to be secretly filming me. Brent, get on that. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there's so much info and, and your the story is so fascinating. So I'm also just wondering at this point, how Britney centric are your lives now that the conservative conservatorship has ended? Now that you won. Yeah. Now that you mm-hmm. won. I will say, and I know we were joking about, you know, us being, but like, there was a, a shitload of people that put in a ton of work who are not us. They were yes. Really amazing sure. people. Of course, um, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I think we both, we were, like we said, we were exhausted. We went I'm, through yeah. other hell and a lot of stuff we didn't even tell people about for years. We just, cause yeah. we were trying to focus on her. Um, so yeah, I think we're a little like, just kind of, we've been trying to catch our breath still. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm still paying attention, but I'm definitely not, I'm not obsessing over it. It literally was an everyday thing for us for years. So of we were course. like, yeah. I'm not waking up and reading Britney Twitter anymore. <laughs> right, you know, like, right, I, right. Um, Wait, I have to ask you guys, because this is something that like, I have thought a lot about after she has, the conservatorship has ended and she's out there doing her own thing now. Are you still worried for Britney? Because like, I, I'm I'm not a doctor or anything, but sometimes I see her posts now, and I'm just like, girl. Uh, yeah, I mean, girl, what are you doing with you? What's going on? Yeah, here? but her. I mean, but do you think that she should have her rights taken away? I, no, I don't. Pro- no, I don't. No, I don't think that. Yeah. I don't think that. But I also wonder, like, there is a level of mental health conversation that is I don't think happening around Brittany that that we should be having, and that. You know, has she ever received services that like she needs? You know, like, are we are we fetishizing in a way? And I don't want to diagnose her or anything, but I also am like, where is she now? Because some things do seem strange in her in how she how she posts on online and everything, and it's it's concerning in some ways. I mean, honestly, though, the way that and, and we've been so deep into just the story behind what happened to her for the last thirteen years, but like, yeah. I guess I don't find her behavior that surprising because like yeah. if you really kind of like consider how traumatic, like what she's been through, what's the girl who was in the whole, like she's like, I, she's been through so much and had such a bizarre reality and her world yeah. was just so weird for 13 years and had this level <clears throat> yeah. of control exercised over her that it's like, I don't even know what is normal behavior. I don't know what's normal either. Yeah, that's a good point. Not 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 just that, but like I've I've always said, like when it it's an inconceivable level of fame that what a hundred or two hundred people in the world have, and I think Britney, you know, I always put Diane Keaton in this group, but like Britney Spears (laughs) is one of them. Where 
just anywhere she goes, anywhere in the world, that's, that's a she'll different be life. mobbed. And yes. that's just an inconceivable. It's inconceivable. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that this yeah. is yeah. just how she is. Like maybe this is we're seeing the it real Britney be. that we never and, were able to see. But before. I mean, like, but but to the point of like, yes, she had. When you think about that alone, I think would totally warp someone's reality and I think would have to make you disassociate yes, like your public totally. self and your private self. Yeah. But like we're talking about for years private conversations she thought she was having in her bedroom were being recorded by somewhere Oof, someone else. Yeah. She God. wasn't able to if she wanted to go to Target and buy an Easter basket for her kids, she wasn't able to do that. She loves coffee and for years had her access to fucking coffee cut off. Like yeah. it's, it's like insa- it's, it's insane. like insane. It's I, insane. I, yeah. I, so, I, I mean I am worried about her to the torturous. point of like I'm concerned that like I hope she has some decent people around her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. it. it, it I worry about it, where she goes from here. That's my big thing is like, you know, like where because obviously we want her to be happy. But at the same time, it's like, you know, can't does she have the right people around her to really help help her navigate? Well, I think go? the problem is, is that we don't know. It's not yeah. our choice. We don't know. Right. And That's I don't right. think that us doing armchair diagnosis helps yeah. her because it's like if we're not having that conversation about her. Well, it's not our place to have. It's, you know, it's her life. Mm-hmm. And. Luckily, you know, her her lawyer is very, very good. And, you know, she posted a photo with him recently that really just made me happy because the guy before him was a total piece of shit and was just keeping her in it for the money. And um, she said, you know, this man respects me. And like that really hit home because I was like, God, this woman has not have felt like someone respecting her for so long. And yeah, she's been through so much trauma that I I do worry that some of it is undone you know not undoable like we can't she can't go back and that is very scary but i also think that's like i don't know what any of us can do all we can do is like you know she's in a place where she's free and i really fucking hope also yeah she's surrounded by good people and she gets help if she needs it but it's kind of like all right well it's you know it's her life yeah yeah well it's super fascinating you guys are so fantastic and i'm so glad we got to have you on tess barker tess barker and babs gray you guys were fantastic yeah um thanks where can you where do you want people to find you where do you what podcast should they listen to what other podcast should they listen to (laughs) yeah we have pot baby if you like podcasts we we are serving um i mean like we are very proud of toxic that's the 10 episode uh limited run series that we made that please listen to that and I think, you know, like a lot of times people will be like, ask me questions. I'm like, we actually got into that on the podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then our funny podcast, Lady to Lady, uh, like Bob said, has been going for 10 years. Oh, and it's a really wow. good time. And we've had a lot of Great. very fun guests. Well, thank you guys and, so much. And, wait, and, and Babs, Babs, where oh, can yes, people I'm sorry. find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Babs Gray. And yeah, I'll be doing Ellie's show tomorrow. I'm very excited. And um, I have a, you know, monthly show at the airliner and we also, our show, Lady to Lady, has a Zoom show every once in a nice. while, too. Great. So check out everything. <laughs> check it all out. Have you guys heard of Google.com? Yes. <laughs> uh, thanks again, guys. It was fantastic having you. Thank, Thank you. you. And another thing. So um, something that I think right, is go really... ahead, Elliot. <laughs> something that I think is really funny and random is that I, I feel... I, I've often, I, I feel like a... Um, my, my new take is that I often feel like I'm, I wish I could do drag 
but not not drag in the way that Alan does it. Like I feel like I have to perform drag, but the drag is like normal person. Like that's my drag. It's like <laughs> I am a normal person who enjoys, you know, who enjoys fun. Uh-huh. And I think a big part of that, like normal person drag is the idea of having hobbies. Yeah. Uh, because I don't, well, I basically wanted to ask, like, do you guys have formal hobbies? Have you tried any formal hobbies that you failed or you're succeeded at? Are there ones you want to take on? Because I, I, I have some, but I, I think as comedians, I don't know how much we need or want actual hobbies. Yeah. Um, and I can start or you guys wait, can start. Wait, wait, wait. Can you start? Because the first, as always, as is always the case with every list that Elliot makes, he has a list of hobbies. And the first one is just priceless to me. <laughs> Elliot, go ahead and read your list. Well, this is a hobby that I want to get into. I aspired to, <laughs> I aspired to get into horse, horseback riding. <laughs> horseback riding? But let me explain. I'm not looking to become an equestrian and get into like the sport of of actual like horseback riding as an as a as a sport or like even yeah. renting a you, you can like lease horses just and like keep them and and like share them I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. yeah and even that Time I don't even want to go yeah. yeah basically and I don't even want to go that far I just want to be able to go to a barn every now and then have a horse. <laughs> that i like and just get on the horse and like ride a trail oh the, this this Slowly, bitch, this bitch had a lonesome dove this bitch wants to be a lonesome dove i just want a horse that Broke i can ride every too. now and then because i did this i did this recently in a group and it was like i just horses are so majestic and oh i just want to like stand and like caress the i have to say yeah. I, I i one of the things that michael and i make fun of elliot for so often is the way he describes um, certain things that he he becomes sort of obsessed with, like horseback riding being majestic, or Cameron Michaels being um, what was it mesmerizing? Yeah, mesmerizing. <laughs> she is it's mesmerizing. Like he'll apply certain words to mm. a normal activity and make it like like this like austere. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does do that. You know, yeah. which I love. Well, like, I love. So I guess much. it doesn't help that. The next ones in my list are hiking, which is an actual activity that I do, a hobby that I guess yeah. I do. I mean, that's yeah. a hobby, I guess. I do want to also get into bird watching. I can't um, bird watch. By, by, <laughs> by the way, Elliot goes. Elliot has gone hiking, and like a couple months ago, almost got trapped somewhere. Yeah. No, that was last year. That was last year. I'm telling. I'm telling him to get one of those things where you wear around your neck and you just press yeah. the button if you need help and like yeah. a medical alert. Medical, medical alert. alert. Yeah. That's it. That was January yeah. 2021, and I yeah I did. <laughs> I was in the sequoias with my dog and I fell into a snowbank basically and was alone and tumbled down so far. I tumbled so That's far down a hill that I was this close to calling the calling the air airlift or whatever. Oh my whatever God. The fact that you'll drive that far for a hike well alone. Yeah. Like that that is a dog. I mean, sure, but the dog is not going to help you in this situation. Like he didn't, but, I, but I, I know. But I was trying to. I'm trying to embrace solitude. That was me trying to embrace solitude. Yeah, just mm-hmm. watch a movie alone at home. <laughs> I know that's easier. That's all you okay, need to do. Enough about me. I, yeah, okay, yeah, enough yeah. about me. You guys, do you have um, actual actual hobbies? Uh, you know, it, it's actually interesting that it came up. I, I actually don't. I don't have hobbies. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> it came up. Uh, in this podcast, when when Tess was talking about going to the Britney um, thing, um, but I actually live down the street from the courthouse in Los Angeles, both the federal and the county. 
And, you know, you can go into courtrooms whenever you want. It's, it's this public access. And f- for like a long time now, I've been like, I really should just like drop by like on a week where I don't have a ton of shit to yeah. do or whatever. I should go to a case for like a, just a trial for a couple hours. Totally. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. You know, I was, of course, to remind you of the foreman on a jury a couple of years yeah. back. Yes. And, uh, you know, it was quite a transcendent experience for me. I'll wow. say that much. Um, but outside of that, uh, I mean, I, does Reddit count? I like going to the gym. I keep track of Biden's judicial appointments. Um, you're, you're here. I'll put it this way. You, uh, I would say that being a political wonk is yeah. a hobby. You, your, your hobby is you devour politics. I would also say you are a you are an information how do, how, I wouldn't know how to put that, but like you love, uh, you love researching and you're you love wonk. learning. You're a wonk. You're a yeah, wonk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would say that. Also, last thing, and then we'll get to Alan. I do have a weird affinity <laughs> for train sets. And Ooh. there is a world oh, in wow. which I, like I've really gotten into recently, like there are YouTube videos where you can watch people make extraordinarily elaborate sets, just mm. like, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, train set sized sets. Um, you know, a haunted house or whatever. And like, of course, you know, you're watching this absolute pro make this stuff and you're like, I'm going to buy some cork board tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that I, you'll be able I, to do I, anything. But I get but that. I, I, it's I like, admire that. Yeah. yeah, I get that. And there's, and for me, that's like horseback riding and bird watching. It's like, you want to explore that. Like the, at least for me, I look at that or somebody who does miniature, uh, miniature trains and just think mm. like, Oh, they must be, it must be so soulful and like so rewarding to like be with yourself in these small moments. And then I'm like, I don't know. The thing is, I think the thing with us is, and I think this is probably what's different from a lot of other people is the work that we do, our daily work, comedy or writing or whatever it is, is we've turned hobbies into our mission. That's what it feels like. Yeah. We, our idea of a hobby is kind of fucked because we don't bragging. Well, but we do, we do, we, the, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we become obsessed. It doesn't even have to be necessarily comedy stuff. Like the whole Robert Wan podcast for me, like yeah. that was just an obsession of mine that I then turned into a piece of work. And that's what we yeah. do as, as for employment. So I, I also struggled figuring out like what my hobbies were and like, mm-hmm. That's why I was asking, because who knows? Yeah. 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 What are yours, that, Alan? The first thing that came to mind was I obsess over the Oscars every year. So, like, I have, like, you know, Excel spreadsheets counting, oh, like, right. the awards and the stuff going into it and figuring out who's going to get nominated and who's going to win and the factors of, like, why they will win based on whatever, whatever. And so I obsess over those things. But I don't really think that's a hobby because it happens only once a year. That's research. Yeah, yeah that counts. I mean, reading, you're a reader. I you read. That's I read a I lot. Mean, I read a, read a lot. Reading is a hobby. Ugh. Reading is a hobby. Yeah, I, I definitely. Reading. I'm always reading. That is definitely Boring a thing. Books. I mean, I also like like Brent. Politics is a big thing, and Disney, of course, and oh, Disney. Yeah, that's your. That's, that's a hobby. like you go to yeah. wait. When was the last time you went to Disneyland? You usually go like once a month. Oh, we know we usually go like twice a month actually. Oh, um, wow, all right. <laughs> uh, but we're going this next Saturday. We went a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Nice. Oh, fun. You want Yeah. It. I mean, we go, that is, but that's also kind of like, it's just, it's a place where we go just to calm down. That's great. I, I flea know? market. I flea market occasionally. I've, yeah, that that's could be where I buy like all of my clothing. And these days I don't do it as much as I used to. When I moved to LA, I, I did it like literally every Sunday. I went to like yeah. Rose Bowl. Uh, no, the Melrose, Melrose mm. trade. You've been dying post. to go to a flea market thing. I want to do that. <clears throat> yeah, I should. go to the Rose Bowl one in Pasadena. Let's go. It's, it's over. It's like the biggest flea market in the world. And it, yeah. I will say it's overwhelming. 
I bet it's overwhelming, I but I would go. That's... I love Pasadena. Yeah, Pasadena is my hobby, honestly. <laughs> you do. It's really fun <laughs> exploring, like. Where white women live in California, in Los Angeles, stop, is my stop, hobby. Stop. I'm get stop. Play that again one more time. I'm getting horny. What would your aunt say, Brent? What would Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I couldn't think of anything just now, so <laughs> I'm just gonna call back to "Oops, I Did It Again" by Britney Spears. That's it. That's it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, my aunt Joanne would say, "You know, your grandfather used to collect model trains. I thought it was very goyish, but he didn't listen to me." <laughs> how about aunt ann my aunt ann would say i would tell you what my hobby is but it would make your uncle ray embarrassed mm. <laughs> aunt, oh my aunt, God. Aunt, aunt ann i'm getting horny always <laughs> upstaging aunt ramona I couldn't remember my aunt's name for a second <laughs> well thanks for listening i'm elliot glazer i am mr brent james <laughs> sullivan and i M.H. Oh, hurry up, you son of a bitch. Stronger than before, Scott. Oops. I dropped it into the ocean. (laughs) 